and we're going. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Double Down WNBA podcast. This is Eric Nemchak here, as always, alongside Stephen Trinkwald. Stephen, we are going to be previewing the second first-round playoff game of 2021, the New York Liberty versus the Phoenix Mercury. Yeah, we're back at it for a little weekday record, uh, given the whatever small audience we have a couple of days still to listen to this before the first round. Phoenix, uh, a lot better team than the Liberty, Eric. I'm going to go out and say yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. In fact, when we were doing our um, our little playoff preview, our contender preview, uh, I think both of us were pretty high on Phoenix as, as a potential championship team. Yeah, I think my enthusiasm has waned a little bit, uh, you know, not being able to kind of lock up one of those first round buys against a Seattle team that did not have Brianna Stewart. And I even, you know, said something before the game that this just feels like a, a game that Phoenix drops historically kind of with their their culture and, and lapses in sort of focus and, and engagement and stuff like that. And it turns out that, you know, Seattle won it pretty handily. They did. Um, although if you're comparing them to their opponents, uh, I can't say the Liberty have been much more impressive later in the season. They, they basically backed into the playoffs on the last day of the regular season. Yeah, as much of a back end as maybe you could possibly do. Like you, uh, you cannot get any closer. <laughs> so the Liberty for the season, they finished tenth uh, in offense and tenth in defense. Phoenix uh, a little bit better defensively at seventh, and just uh, a really dominant offense for the season at second overall in offense. Uh, Phoenix won the season series two to one, and you know the bummer about it. Unfortunately, I think we should hopefully get this on Thursday, but we didn't really see. A game this season between these two teams at full strength. Sabrina missed the first game in Phoenix with a, an ankle injury, a two-point Liberty win, and then uh, Sammy Whitcomb missed two consecutive games at Barclays Center in the second half of the season. Griner also missed the second of those two Barclays games, uh, two Phoenix blowout wins regardless. So even though it was a, a two-in-one series, it was a uh, commanding 16-point net rating for Phoenix. They had a 109.3 offensive rating in the series compared to a 93.4 for the Liberty. Not pretty. Yeah, the, what what stands out to me about the season series just immediately is that the Liberty eked out their only win, while the Mercury pretty much did whatever they wanted in, in their two wins. So, um, but I mean, if you look at the standings, standings and if you look at the uh, the cumulative season, season statistics, regardless of who was playing and who wasn't, I don't think it's that much of a surprise to you. I do not. And what really jumped out to me you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith has come back down to earth a little bit since then, but, you know, the way that she dominated those two games in New York, and this just another tremendous season, obviously, for her, you know, her ability to to get to the rim, to finish at the rim, to get to the free throw line, and be able to be a valuable floor spacer. New York just did not have any answers for her in either of those two games. You know, New York it doesn't have an answer for several players on the Phoenix roster. Um, Skylar Diggins-Smith being one of them and Brittany Griner being the other. I don't think many teams really have a one-on-one -on -one answer for Brittany Griner, but I don't think there's really anything the Liberty can do with her. Do you? No, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I guess I like their options at slowing down Diggins-Smith a little bit more than Griner, but do you have any ideas for, I you know, I have some kind of long shot ideas for maybe what you try with Brittany Griner, but does anything come to mind other than, you know, just send as much help as, as you can and try to play off the right players? Uh, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's typically, you know, some some sometimes you, you see teams be like, oh, well, we'll just let Brittany Griner get hers and worry about everybody else. Um, regardless of whether that's a good idea or not, I don't think it is. Uh, 
you can't really do that with this Phoenix team because there are several players who will still get theirs in Griner and Diggins Smith in particular, which is the main reason why I was so high on them as a uh, championship contender heading into the postseason. So yeah, I think, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Griner posts up on about 50% of her possessions. New York allows the most post-ups in the league at 12.6 at the time. Uh, so I don't think it's any secret what Phoenix is going to try to do here. Maybe New York can can try to speed things up a little bit, but I don't know. Like I, I think Phoenix is is pretty disciplined on the offensive end, at least the way that they're playing now compared to earlier in the season. It's 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 like watching two different teams. Where does the where does the help come from if you're if you're trying to speed up Brittany Griner, if you will? So I guess there are, are a few different ways you can try to play this. You know, when they were starting Michaela Onyenwede at, at the power forward, my initial thought was, you know, you're going to send pretty much hard doubles at Brittany Griner, no matter who is the primary defender, whether it's Onyenwede or Natasha Howard. Um, so, you know, kind of trying to think outside the box a little bit, my thought was, you know, maybe put Onyenwede as the primary defender uh obviously a huge size and strength mismatch but that would, bit, yeah that would be the case uh regardless right with with either howard or onion wede or, or kylie shook whoever kind of the that matchup is but you do look at howard natasha howard is just a vastly superior help defender so if you're going to bring that double anyway like why waste the the good defensive player on the one that's really not going to be in help position. Plus Howard's falls are, are a little bit more important than, than the other options. But, you know, it's a little bit of a different equation with Allen starting at the power forward. You know, she is mostly a perimeter defender um, and not one that really, you know, with Allen in the starting lineup, it's mostly been Benajelani at the uh, power forward defensively. And, you know, that that's just a little bit too much to ask. So I think you do have to go to Howard and then maybe, you know, you're putting Rebecca Allen on, you know, Shea Petty or Kia Nurse or even Brianna Turner and having Allen with her wingspan and her ability to kind of create plays defensively as sort of the the primary help defender to, to get the ball out of Brittany Griner's hands. Yeah, I like that. I was going to suggest Allen because, um, you, you know, she, she does have those long arms. She's not the most explosive player, but I feel like she can still be disruptive as a help defender. And theoretically like if there is a player to help off of it is brianna turner though i feel like she does move well without the ball and she does make herself available with like well-timed cuts and stuff like that and Brittany griner is in my opinion a very underrated passer for uh her size and and her skill set and all that um i think i would go with allen mainly because of the advantage she gives you on the other end of the floor because if you're talking about this phoenix front court um, I, I know one of the uh, the disadvantages that you'll get to is, is the option is the optionality with their lineups. They're both two players who you know they, they want to defend the paint. Obviously, Bree Turner is is a terrifically versatile defender, but Allen just brings more offensively than than Onyenwede does. She needs to be respected on offense a lot more than Onyenwede does at, at this point in, in their respective careers. So I think you can kind of just take what you will on defense and then just 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 try to force the issue on offense because if you're starting Onyenwede. I don't think that's going to provide you with an advantage anywhere against this team. Yeah, and the other thing that we saw in these two games at Barclays was a lot of Brianna Turner and Brittany Griner guarding or not guarding kind of a non-shooter. And a lot of times that was D.D. Richards, and they were just kind of, you know, focusing more on rim protection and playing center field. But, you know, you'll get a, a lot of those same looks with Michaela Onyenwede 
as as that starting power forward where as like like you were saying Rebecca Allen just has a little bit more gravity just you know even if the the numbers are similar like they're not being guarded the same it, it's just kind of you know how defenses are are respecting them so what we always say Stephen it's not floor spacing if you're not being guarded <laughs> that that's exactly right and you know I'm not sure many players in the league this year really exemplify that more than Michaela Onyenwede you know no disrespect but she's just a rookie or D.D. Richards, for that matter. Or D.D. Richards, yeah. Two players that, that play out in the perimeter a lot that are, you know, hanging out behind the three-point line and have shot, you know, a somewhat respectable percentage when they take the attempts. But the percentage only goes so far, you know, if, if the opposition doesn't care. Very true. Now, speaking of shot making, um, is it, it seems like very surface-level analysis for me to say this, but... I think in order to pull the upset, the Liberty just have to make outside shots. I don't think they can win a low-scoring game in this matchup, because because the individual talent is just it just doesn't match up well against Phoenix, you know. So you, you can't. I don't think they can afford to shoot like twenty-five percent from beyond the arc or whatever, because Phoenix is just gonna one one they're gonna push the ball down their throats, but also, you know, if you if you're gonna keep the score low, it's it's just gonna play right into Brittany Griner's hands, right, as well as Diggins. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is a Liberty team that is 10th in offense and 10th in defense, but I do feel like there's just a little bit more potential with the the Liberty offense. You know, this is a pretty good shooting team. They obviously shoot a ton of threes, you know, led the league in three-point attempt rate, but they also shoot them at a pretty good clip, right? This isn't last year's Liberty team taking 40% of their shots from three and hitting, you know, 28% or whatever. This is a, a 36% three-point shooting team, and they were the number one team in spot-up efficiency this year, the number one team in catch-and-shoot efficiency. And, you know, one interesting thing about this matchup is this offense, it does generate a ton of corner threes. And obviously, you know, some of that is Didi Richards and, and Onion Wede and others kind of being left open there. But, you know, Sammy Whitcomb, Rebecca Allen, even Benajah Laney, even, you know, maybe she, she'll turn them down. But they all get pretty good looks in the corner as well. Um, and Phoenix basically never allows corner threes. So... It will be interesting to see how they're able to kind of get the very best looks an offense can get, you know, in terms of beyond the arc, at least. Um, another thing I'd like to point out is that New York has been awful, once again, at taking care of the basketball. But Phoenix, not so great at forcing turnovers. In fact, they are polar opposites. Um, New York, worst turnover percentage in the league. Over 20% of their possessions result in turnovers. Uh, Phoenix, last at forcing turnovers, only 13.9%. So do you feel like that's maybe an area that New York can kind of take advantage of if, you know, there have been a lot of games where the Liberty are just wasting so many possessions with, with unforced turnovers, but maybe against this Phoenix team, that won't be as big of an issue. You know, I, I kind of feel the inverse, like this is where okay. Phoenix will actually get a, a few turnovers defensively. Um, you know, just because like you said, so many of the Liberty's turnovers are unforced. They're just kind of bad, simple passes or, you know, rookie mistakes made by non-rookie players and overall this liberty team is just you know a four factors nightmare right they are second worst in free throw attempt rate yeah. offensively they have the worst turnover rate by a pretty substantial margin they are not a good offensive rebounding team they're 10th themselves in turning teams over they're 10th in defensive rebounding so all of those four factors essentially except for you know e-field goal percentage because they do take and make such a high number of threes uh, are areas of, of struggle for this team. And because they never rebound the ball and they never turn their opponents over, they never get out in transition. But even when they do get out in transition, they have a 20% turnover rate in transition. So 
That's bad. Uh, that is the next highest team is is fifteen and a half. How is, how is that possible? Yeah, they are twelfth in transition. I mean, Eric, they're the only team in the league who has a transition offense worse than the number one half court offense in the league. <laughs> like, oh we, my, we always say transition frequency is more important, but for this team, it's just not the case. Um, it's 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 pretty rough. Sabrina, in her own right, is in the first percentile in her own offensive transition. So you know that's that's next to last. Uh, but and who is last? That would be Diana Taurasi, another oh. player who who is hopefully going to be in this matchup. And this team also boasts, you know, along with having the the worst turnover percentage in the league, they have the number one and number three players internal total turnovers uh, in Laney and uh, Sabrina Ionescu, and just give up a ton of defensive plays. You know, second highest steal rate allowed, second highest blocker rate allowed. So. Um, you know, when, when they actually get their shots up, they go in pretty well, but it's a struggle to kind of get to that point for this team. Well, very convincing argument made against the New York Liberty there. Um, where where do you want to go from there? Well, how, how do you see kind of Benajah Laney having success in this matchup? Because it's, it was not a matchup that she had a ton of success in, in the regular season. Now, I mean, she the one Liberty win, she, hit, she was able to hit that... Uh, that nice step through left-handed finish against Brady Greiner in, in the waning seconds of that game. But um, I, that's that's a difficult question. I, for one, I mean, she obviously needs to keep her turnovers down. She's, as you said, the most turnover-prone player in the league. And I don't know, man, I, some of these Laney shot, her. it seems like her shot diet has gotten worse as the season went on. Or maybe she just stopped making as many of the bad shots that she was taking. But um, I just think it's remarkable for her that for a team that preaches, you know, three-point shooting so often, so many of their possessions end in Laney long two-pointers. So I would like to see, and that's that's something, especially with a, a very quality roaming defender in Brianna Turner, that the Phoenix Mercury will take all day. They'll, they'll, they'll let Laney have that all day. So I, I think the key is, for me, I, I would want to see her taking at least three, four, five three-pointers and, and kind of stretching her range out a little bit. And then just making those looks more quality shots. Like so many of these shots, you know, pull-up shots off the dribble or whatever, you know, I appreciate the fact that they have confidence in Laney to really get her own offense, but I think she's a much better player if she's, you know, spotting up, like you said, from the corner, or spotting up on the wing, or or, or receiving a, a, a second a pass from the pick and roll from Sabrina Ionescu or something like that. Um, I, I think it's it plays right into Phoenix's hands if if you get into Benajah Laney iso ball. Yeah, and for me, those are kind of Laney's best moments, especially in this matchup, is when she is is kind of playing within the flow, you know, that that's a cliche thing to say, but kind of playing within the flow of the offense, right? Attacking, right. attacking hard right off the catch or moving without the basketball. You know, they run that horns action all the time where um, Laney is the ball handler and she'll, she'll get the ball to the left screener Howard and then kind of cut through Sabrina's back screen on the opposite side. Uh, and that's gotten her some really nice looks, particularly against this team. And she can just catch and finish at the rim essentially, or, you know, just kind of embracing the easy looks, right? For the season, she has 163 jumpers off the dribble and 79 catch-and-shoot looks. Like, that's not because she hasn't gotten catch-and-shoot opportunities. It's, you know, those kind of pump-fake, one-dribble pull-ups that are just worse shots than the ones she's turning down. And, you know, the numbers back that up, right? 1.163 points per possession on the no-dribble jumpers, uh, 0.886 points per possession on the dribble jumpers just allow yourself That's a to big be a, difference yeah yeah allow yourself to be a play finisher when those opportunities present themselves and you know when it's a five six seven dribble possession for Benajah Delaney like yeah she'll she'll make those 
tough attempts, you know, uh, at a decent rate for those being tough attempts, but the the easier opportunities can present themselves if you allow them. It's not like just because it's a decent shot for Benajelani doesn't mean it's a good shot for the for the New York Liberty is what you're saying. Yeah, well put. And, you know, only a third of her shots in this matchup came from the paint. Uh, so if you are, you know, doing a little bit less of the, the, the dribble dance, you know, you can kind of do a little bit more of the off ball movement stuff or, you know, attack hard on the catch from the perimeter. So would like to see a little bit more of that. Although, you know, obviously with, with Turner and Griner, like this is a team that just never allows points at the rim. They are number three in the league in shots allowed within five feet. They just force a ton of long twos and, you know, never allow their opponents at the free throw line, which I think is something Laney has gotten a little bit better at this season, even building from last year. So if she's not able to kind of take advantage there. Well, it's, that's kind of also why I said how uh, Benajelani has been playing kind of plays into Phoenix's hands. But another number I wanted to throw out there, maybe is something to do with this. Uh, Phoenix is first in defending post-ups by a wide margin, just 0.727 points per possession. Um, you frequently complain about New York wasting possessions by posting up. Uh, I'm guessing that won't be anywhere in the game plan. Yeah, hopefully it's just a little bit more of getting Natasha Howard, who I think is is a fine post up player, but you know that's not what makes not in this matchup though. Yeah, not 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 what makes her special, I would say. And they have two options that can you know really do a tremendous job against that. Um, so would like to see her a little bit more, you know, getting those Phoenix defenders having to defend up, d- defend in space. You know, Howard isn't a great jump shooter, but can present a little like just enough of a. a threat from you know that action and then obviously she's she's very talented going downhill and kind of attacking the rim from the face up so we'll, well let- it's about getting Brittany Griner out of position you know um Brittany Griner is very rarely going to be out of position defending a player five inches shorter than she is posting her up but if you get her out on the perimeter there's always a chance that you you know get her even with like a simple eyebrow fake you know you're just giving yourself a chance yeah that's exactly right I did just want to hit a little bit more on kind of the Skylar Diggins-Smith of it all. Yeah, go for it. And just that, you know, this offense, like they have kind of two two alphas that are really, um, you know, matchup nightmares. And they are the number one team in offense generated from pick and rolls. They are number one in offense generated from isolation and number two in offense generated from post-ups. And Diggins-Smith, again, you know, for the second year in a row, has really just been the upper echelon in terms of guards kind of getting to the rim in the half court, 80th percentile, and, and no other perimeter player really is matching like her volume of, or, or her combination, I should say, a volume of efficiency, you know, getting to the rim as a, as a dribble penetrating guard. And, you know, her, her shot diet is extremely impressive as well. Like less than 13% of her shots are coming as non-paint twos. So even against good defenses, she's really able to kind of get the shots that she wants and this is not a good defense they allow the liberty allow the third highest proportion of shots from within five feet and they allow you know it'll be interesting to me to see if they kind of let Skylar Diggins Smith and Sophie Cunningham and Brianna Turner you know run in the open court because that this is not a team that gets out in the open court a lot but New York you know they allow a ton of transition opportunities obviously because they can't rebound and they turn the ball over so much (laughs) So I guess we'll, we'll kind of see what that looks like. And, you know, like I said before, Whitcomb was not available. You know, do you feel better with Whitcomb? Who, who's like the, the guard defending Skylar Diggins-Smith at the point of attack? Is it Sammy? Is it Rebecca Allen, who, you know, has a little bit of a 
speed disadvantage, but can at least kind of make plays with her wingspan. Um, it's not Sabrina Ionescu. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. No, no she, um, she was torched in this no, matchup. She was, was getting mixed. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to go with Sammy Woodcomb because, as you said, Rebecca Allen, just not quick enough. Just not quick enough laterally. And Rebecca Allen, I think, is a good defender for her size. There's been chit-chat uh, among Liberty writers and fans about Allen being named to the all-defensive team this year. Don't think I'd go that far, but she is an adequate defender. Um, but this is not her matchup. You know, Whitcomb, I think, is has the has the you know the the lower center of gravity, the foot speed. No one's going to be able on this team. Nobody can really check Skylar Diggins Smith one on one. You could try putting DG Richards on her, but we've seen how that has worked as well. So, and I'm not sure if that's worth the uh, the offensive downgrade either. So, out of the starters, I think I'd go with Sammy. Yeah, and then that obviously allows you to maybe have Allen doing a little bit more. More help defense. Of the help defense. Um, and, you know, I think Sammy's okay with at that as well. But they're, you know, Sabrina is not a, a successful help defender in any capacity. I mean, it just feels like so much needs to go right for New York in order to pull this upset. Yeah. One thing I would say, you cannot pull your players early with foul trouble. You know, you just got to take the gamble. They, they are obviously the underdog here. Can't foul out your own players, right? Yeah. Kylie Shook, I imagine, is going to be the backup center. That's the option I would probably go with. But she cannot be on the floor anytime Brittany Griner is on the floor. Um, Shook is not an effect. I think she does some things well defensively. She thing about Kylie Shook, in my opinion, is that the thing she, she does well is kind of a little bit harder to, you know, it's not the obvious things and the things that she struggles with are the obvious things. And unfortunately, you know, post-up defense is one of those things that she struggles with. So uh, th- this is not a great matchup when Shook is in the game, but, you know, in those Kia Vaughn, Brianna Turner minutes, however many that may be, I think that's kind of your opportunity to, to steal some Kylie Shook minutes. Oh, sure, because you're not worried about Kia Vaughn posting you up eight consecutive possessions and scoring on seven of them. Right, and that is very much a concern with uh, the starting center for Phoenix. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How about, let's talk about pace for a second, because I feel like Phoenix, they're going to want to play slow and play through Brittany Griner and play through Skylar Diggins-Smith in the half court, you know, off the dribble. Um, how... Is this just a matter of rebounding? Because if New York doesn't get those defensive rebounds, they're not going to be able to get out in transition. And even if they're out in transition, obviously, like you said, not the most effective transition team. Is this is this a game where one team wants to play really slow and another team wants to play really fast? Or is it is it not as simple as that? I mean, if New York, I, th- I guess, like, philosophically, you imagine them as a team that wants to play fast. And, you know, the, the transition... But the numbers don't quite bear that out. Yeah, but is that just, like, you know, because they can't generate those opportunities without rebounding and, and because they never turn their opponents over. Uh, I do think they will want to, you know, maybe run off makes a little bit more. Like, this is a little bit more of a, uh, a plotting Phoenix team with, with some of their uh, lineups and, and some of the, you know, I don't think of Kia Nurse as the, uh, you know, uh, hyper-athletic for her position, you know, Shea Petty, if she's going to be playing heavy minutes, we, I think we're pretty sure Diana Trossi is going to play in this game, but, you know, she she hasn't played in a while, so we're not 100% sure. It was reported by the next that Sandy Brondello expects her to play on Thursday, so I guess we'll see. She's still not practicing. But, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if New York really generates better looks running than they do you know, playing kind of a, a, a slower offense. but Because it, the transition numbers are just so bad. Yeah, but again, that that's so so reliant on kind of the heavy turnover numbers, but it's still, you know, if you can get any opportunity to kind of, you know, get your deep penetration before they have two 
rim-protecting centers back there. It's definitely something that I would try to put a little bit more emphasis on, and I think New York has the the personnel to do it. It just hasn't really been executed well so far. Well, they better find a way to execute it in this game because, you know, one thing concerning pace, this is something I'd like to bring up from time to time. Uh, pace as defined on the WNBA website is possessions per 40 minutes. In fact, they've actually got pace and then pace per 40. Don't, don't ask me why. That's, that's strange. But um, New York second in the league in pace, Phoenix 11th. But you got to understand what goes into those numbers. Turnovers do go into that calculation. And as we've said, New York turns the ball over a ton. So I'm sure that's where the quote-unquote pace comes from. I guess on a, on a scale of wouldn't be surprised to absolutely floored, how surprised would you be if New York pulled the upset in this game? I'd be pretty surprised, to be honest with you. It just seems like these are two teams trending that have been trending in two different directions for a long time now. Maybe if you, like, the one game they played earlier in the season where New York pulled out that, that last-minute victory, I was like, yeah, okay, this is an upset, but it's, it's, I wasn't that surprised. Now, especially looking at the last time these two teams played, like I said, man, so much needs to go right for New York. They, they got to, they got They have two, maybe three, depending on if Tarazi plays, but we'll, we'll call it two. Um, two huge individual matchup problems that I don't think you can, I don't think any scheme they run out there can simply account for at the same time. Um, and they have to really play a much cleaner game than they've shown they're capable of for the most of this season. And what is what is New York's huge matchup problem that they're causing for Phoenix? Like, what is the thing that has Phoenix kind of up at night? You know, nothing. It's, it's just a math problem, right? That that's kind of all they have in their favor. I mean, I guess you could say if Benajelani gets hot and she's able to bully her way to the to the rim, and but even then, you know, how many of her shots are end up in those in those pull up two pointers? So. I don't know, dude. I, I, mean, I just Eric, don't. I, what do you think about putting Brianna Turner on Benajelani as the primary defender? I think that's a good idea. I, mean, I think it's a good. I think it's a good idea because obviously you're you're putting a grinder on Howard, right? Or are you just ignoring somebody from the perimeter and just letting Grinder patrol the paint? I don't think you need to think that deeply for this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's plenty of opportunity. I think maybe what it is 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 starters versus starters. You have Brianna Turner take on that matchup, and then whenever you know, a Jasmine Jones or a Dee Richards or a Michaela, a Michaela Onionwede comes in the game, you know, that's where you maybe uh, have one of your bigs kind of play center field there. Um, but I think, you know, I think Turner can more than capably kind of hold that wing matchup, even if it's not kind of something we've seen a ton from her. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's like what's what's Lainey going to do against that? She's going to go past her and then meet Brittany Griner at the rim? Or is she going to pull up and take a long two-point jump? If she pulls up and take a, takes a long two-point jumper, it's okay. Good, good defense, Brianna, you know? Yeah, so I just don't I don't see a ton of opportunities for, you know, New York to create a ton of advantages in their own way. I mean, even Skylar Diggins-Smith, you know, as much as she's gotten a hard time defensively in her career, you know, her ball pressure, you know, if she has a strength defensively, it's guarding the point of attack. She she is not going to get blown by by, you know, Sabrina Unescu. That's just right. not the type of player. UNESCO is and you know Skylar Diggins-Smith gave her a really hard time in those two games in New York where as, as many many experienced point of attack defenders have and <laughs> you're right this is this is a matchup in which I Skylar Diggins-Smith defense I don't think is going to be a, a big of an issue heck maybe not even Dinah Tarazi's defense you know yeah she'll she'll um take a couple of plays off here and there but it's not going to cost her team as dearly as it would previously because I think UNESCO uh, the one 
big weakness I see from UNESCO as as a as a phys, like physically speaking is that she has a hard time exploding past her defenders, and that's pretty critical in a matchup in which any other team should be able to take advantage of this Phoenix backcourt physically. Yeah, and the other piece of that is just you know New York's screeners, their bigs that are kind of setting the screen on ball. They're they're not amazing at that element of the game, and then yeah. the the guards are not amazing using that screen to where it's a legal screen. You know, this team has just been called for a ton of moving screens on high pick and rolls. And, you know, I think the, the blame definitely goes a little bit both ways, you know, where it's maybe uh, Kylie Shook kind of uh, moving uh, her hips out. But also, you know, a lot of that does go on the ball handle. On the guard, you, ha- yeah. you have to wait for that screen to be set legally. And, you know, you're, you're taking that half step early because you know that's the only way you can get past your defender. You know, one thing I wanted to mention one advantage I can maybe see for New York is Sammy Whitcomb um, because she is one of those players who can get hot, really hot, um, and, you know, doesn't need any any space whatsoever to get her three-point shot off. And I think she is the one New York player who I would fear in transition, at least, you know, spotting up from the wing or spotting up from the corner. I think she is one of those players who can turn the momentum of a game in your favor, you know? But at the same time, she's not a high-usage player. So again, you, I, I'm, I'm kind of boxed in here. Like, I, I really don't see any scenario in which, beyond the simple New York makes shots and Phoenix doesn't, beyond that, you know, I, I don't see much of a, a, a chance here for the Liberty. Am I being too pessimistic there? I don't... I mean, I don't think so. I mean, like, I can totally see a game where New York hits eight threes in the first half and they're up four and the game ends in a 16-point Phoenix win. You yeah, know sure. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um which of these benches do you like more? Is, is Do any of the, either of them have an advantage when they kind of roll with bench lineups? Well, who's starting? If, like, are you bringing Sammy Wickham off the bench? Are you bringing Rebecca Allen off the bench? I mean, they so lately they've been going with Inescu, Whitcomb, Laney, Allen, Howard. The starting five that I think is, is kind of unambiguously their five best players. Can I say neither? Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, yeah. And that's one thing, you know, which of these teams is going to play the lineup without a creator on the floor, right? Which is, it, does New York try to go three minutes at a time with, you know, without two of Ionescu, Whitcomb, and Laney on the floor at all times? Like, it's that's, a 40-minute game. I think you can balance having all two of the, like, two out of three of those players on the floor at all times with, you know, maybe Howard, two out of four of those players, I guess. And you need to win. It's it's it's, it's one and done. Like, there's no, it, this isn't the time to be getting cute with your lineups or trying to save people or you know following out your own players as you like to say like you got to go with your best in this one so um if all things are equal and everyone's playing their best players lion's share of the minutes this is phoenix's matchup let's let's mention one more one more thing here uh priya hartley i I think you sent out a tweet about this uh, a little earlier today um is there any scenario in which she's a factor in this game i don't think so but i i wanted to hear what you had to say it's so hard to tell kind of in, in such a small sample size that we've had. I think maybe there's a chance she kind of gets there physically, you know, if Phoenix gets to a, f- a five-game series. But I haven't really seen much in terms of, uh, you know, over the next week or so for her to be able to really make an impact um, in this one. You know, her her numbers look perfectly fine, right? She's hit her threes. She's made some layups. But so so much of that was just against garbage time yeah garbage time you know a disengaged dream defense a disengaged fever defense i haven't seen a ton of explosion overall but 
Uh, and, you know, obviously defensively, when you're coming off a torn ACL, it's, it's going to be a little bit slower maybe than your offensive game. So I would not be all that optimistic that Hartley is kind of a real contributor for them in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, that's all I've got. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all enjoy a little little two-parter here. It was kind of fun doing a couple short episodes. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, but if you want to support the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review, as we always say, as every podcast always says. Um, hope you all enjoy some playoff basketball. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I know Eric is as well. So oh, yeah. uh, follow us on Twitter at DoubleDownWNBA, at E for Eric, at Trinkwald for myself. Um, and by the time this comes out, I think I will have had a recent appearance on the Skyhook talking about uh, WNBA awards. So check that out as well. Yeah, I have not heard it yet. Um, I assume Stephen represented our pod to the uh, to the best possible degree. Uh, get so ready to be forward. disappointed, my friend. <laughs> um, all right, thanks everybody. All right, take care.